Type 2 Warriors, welcome to another episode of Thrive with Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. My name is Dr. Tian Pramlap and I am your host. After almost 10 years of seeing so many of my patients struggles with type 2 diabetes, I am now on a mission to help all of you find a better and more balanced way to lower your A1C for good without having to be on any restrictive diet or crazy amount of medications. Okay, so in this episode, I really wanted to do a little bit of a, a different thing because I want you to go. I want you guys to learn from me, but also learn from other people who are going through the same thing as you, and so you can get inspired and learn from each other and feel like you can really do this. You can really bring down your A one C and have a full and fulfilling life with type 2 diabetes. So I actually have a special guest with me today on our call. Well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, Jamie? He's all the way from the UK. Yeah, um, hi there. Um, and thanks for asking me on your podcast, yeah. Uh, it's much appreciated. As, um, and my name is Jamie. I'm based in England, um, about one hour south of London, if that helps. And I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in May 2018. Okay, so that's only about three years ago that you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, right? That's right, yes. Okay. And what do you remember what your starting A1C was when you first diagnosed? Yes, my starting A, um, HbA1c was 68 mmol. Okay. I will do a little bit of conversion in the description for everybody who's based in the U.S. of what his A1c is in our uh, number because we use percentage for A1c. And what was the hardest? Oh, actually, um, before we, I go to that, what is your A1c now um, going from the 68? Yeah, um, my A1c now without medication is 42. Okay, so that is a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I came off medication in September 2020. Okay. Um, after I experienced a few hypos last August um, whilst exercising. So and my medical support team suggested that I try coming off. And the last um, diabetic review that I had, which was in in April of this year, April 2021, my HbA1c was 42 without medication. That's amazing. So at present, at present it's under control. But I'd never used the word reversed because I don't believe it's reversible in the sense that it's a permanent cure. 
You're absolutely right. I talk about that over and over in my podcast and on my Instagram page. A lot of the time we say reverse, but to me, reversing meaning getting all your function back, being not to have to worry about anything and your body actually function like a non-type 2 diabetes person. But you can't get that with type 2 diabetes because once you're diagnosed, your body already lost about 50% of its function to utilize the pancreas and insulin in the right way. So the only thing you can do is, like you said, keep it under control where you're striving to preserve what's left of your body's function, what's left of your body ability to bring that sugar in the bloodstream into your cells and your muscle for energy. Yeah. So you're, you're right. And I'm glad I picked you because, you know, otherwise I'd have to convince you other, because a lot of people say reverse tears <laughs> and uh, defeat and I don't even know what other terms they use but for me it's more of staying in remission and and staying in control yes your condition and talk to me a little bit about when you first got diagnosed what was like that trigger for you that really motivated you to start a different lifestyle and start to do something about your health Yeah, um, I think at the time, and I see, I still feel it um, now. Really, um, was I felt um quite a sense of shame that I'd let myself get into that condition. Um, when I was diagnosed, there were several documentaries on the TV over here in the UK, and quite a lot of news coverage about the sugar epidemic and and uh, type 2 diabetes so from that perspective i was quite fortunate that that it was relatively easy to educate myself as to what were the good things to do and what and what things not to do um but it's um i think i think that sense of shame comes from the way the media portrays people with type 2 diabetes and um there are lots of sensational headlines like you can you can cure type 2 diabetes with exercise and calorie restriction and it's the intimation is that it's easy um but and what is often overlooked is 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 how you ended up um at that point in your life in the first place so I know from my own personal experience, my mental health was not good at that time. Um, we'd been through a very difficult um, period in my home life and um, from a professional perspective. So I get quite frustrated with the way that um, people with type 2 of diabetes are labelled as fat and lazy, basically. And I don't think we are. I think there are many reasons why people end up um, with the condition. Mental health is one of the 
eating disorders is another poverty there are so many reasons why people end up down that road so that i find that really frustrating yeah and i'm glad you you brought that up actually because we don't normally talk about mental health in in type 2 diabetes and all the stigma that comes with it really makes you feel like you there's something wrong with you once you've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes but and then here at least in in america a lot of people call themselves i'm diabetic or even the physician and the healthcare provider they say oh she's diabetic my patient's diabetic or this diabetic so that terms kind of labels you as your condition whereas i like to say oh he has type 2 diabetes or you have type 2 diabetes where i can separate the person from the condition because everybody is trying their hardest to bring down their blood sugar and work hard on their lifestyle. So you don't want to have that sense that it's it's defining you, like it's the only thing that you can offer. So if you can separate the person from the, the condition, I feel like that's really a first step in trying to eliminate yeah. the stigma and the self-image uh, and the mental health of it all at least you know as you can see that you are so much more than just your condition and i think that's a really important point that we're talking about today yeah and and the other generalization that i come across is when i tell people that i'm a diabetic um the first question i get asked is which one and as, as soon as you say type two, you can see their, 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 their eyes roll and they'll say something like, oh, that's the one you can cure through, through diet, isn't it? And you just smile politely and go, yes, well, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it has a bad rap for some reason, a bad reputation. And that's why we're here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, you know, to, to bring all the facts and all the knowledge that I have so that at least whoever's listening and whoever's following me on Instagram can understand a little bit more about the condition and not so much what the media and the stigma around it is and we're trying to you know fix that here on on this platform and yeah definitely yes. i want to bring more awareness and i think you are too on your instagram page you're doing a lot of more inspiring post and more educational post and um, coming here to educate more individual about this condition is really commendable. So I really appreciate that. So yeah, let's, let's talk about how you were able to bring down your A1C. So you're off medication now. So then it means they did put you on a medication um, at the beginning.
pardon me for the interruption here, but I actually have an important announcement that I need to make because I think you'll find this extremely helpful, okay? So I just want to let you know that I actually have a full training that will show you three simple ways to lower your A1C once and for all. So this is a free masterclass that I have created for you all to really focus on what you can do on a daily to day basis to help you take back control of your number. It will actually provide you with a no fail strategy to help you transform your relationship with sweets or carbohydrates without being on any restrictive diet. Because a lot of the time I hear my patients and clients tell me that their number one struggle is they can't say no to sweets, whether it's dessert or pasta or pizza or donuts. They just can't seem to not eat them. And not that these food are bad for you in any way. I do encourage you to have a donut every now and then and have pizza every now and then, right? But the ability to be able to still eat these food and bring down your A1C is the fact that you have to transform your, rela your relationship with these food. And this masterclass will show you how to do that. And it will also show you a step-by-step -step guide to finally get off that blood sugar roller coaster. Because if you've had the condition for a while, you'll notice that your blood sugar reading is kind of like a roller coaster, right? It goes up sometime and then it dips really low. You never can find the right happy medium where you don't feel stressed or drained because if you notice that if your blood sugar isn't under control, you'll feel really crappy, right? You feel really tired, like you don't have any energy. And that can happen when it's too high or too low. We wanna be able to find that happy medium. And this masterclass will give you a step-by-step -step guide on how to do that. And finally, we will also explore some key changes that if you can just tweak them a little bit, you can finally keep your A1C down once and for all without having to ever give up your favorite food. Because if you know me, I don't ever want you to not be able to eat what you want and still keep your A1C down. That's the key, right? You're not wanting to deprive, deprive yourself of anything because before you know it, if you don't eat something or if you keep thinking about something and you don't eat it or you don't do it, sometime in the future, you'll think about it again and then you won't be able to stop yourself from going down a little rabbit hole of eating way more than you should. And we don't want you to be in that situation ever. So maybe you are newly diagnosed and you're just a little bit confused on where to start with the whole nutrition, diet, exercise with type 2 diabetes 
or maybe you've been on this journey for quite a while now, and you've tried everything under the sun to lower your A1C. But no matter what you do, it didn't seem to be working out so well for you, right? And all you want to do is to find a simple way to bring that A1C down once and for all, or at least be be able to keep it under control, so you don't have to worry about your health all the time. So if you want to know how to do all of that and more, and you want access to this amazing and free training, then all you gotta do is go to drpromlatwellnesscorner.com/free-masterclass. That is D R. Promlap, P-R-O-M-L-A-P, wellnesscorner.com slash free dash masterclass, masterclass. And then let me know if you find this training helpful for you at all. I'd like to know if I can make it even better for you in the future. Or if it was helpful now, let me know what you found was useful for you. And you can just send me a message on Instagram at Dr. Promlat Wellness Corner. That's my Instagram handle. And let's get back to today's episode. Yes, I was on 500 milligrams of metformin okay. a day. And besides taking the metformin once a day did you do anything else to your personal life your um activity or your diet in general because a lot of time we talk about diet in type 2 diabetes or you know increased physical activity so talk to me a little bit about what changed in your lifestyle yeah yeah so i think if i can break this down into two phases so the uh, the first phase was the was the kind of the panic phase, the reaction phase, and um, I immediately increased my exercise levels, and I was all I was already quite active, I would say. And the year before that, I was diagnosed. I I, I walked or my um, total step count was about a thousand miles for the year 2017. Um, during 2018, I I covered about 1,800 miles, and in 2019, I covered 2,000 miles. Um, last year was about the same. Mm-hmm. So. I picked walking as my main activity, um, mainly because I didn't dread doing it. I enjoyed doing it and I could do it pretty much every day. And I could do it every day, not always putting on uh, the right sporting equipment, you know, where you've got to get the the, the shorts and the T-shirt and the Lycra and your trainers on. Um, I... You can walk in a in a pair of jeans and a and um, a pair of training shoes. I even did. Um, I went to a um, a conference 
up in London. And on that day, I I got off the tube station one stop early and, and walked. And then in my lunch hour, I walked around the exhibition in my business shoes. So it's something you, you can do uh, pretty much every day. So exercise levels was a big thing. And that, I think and that addressed two things that that got me obviously more physically active, which which prevented me from turning to food when I was uh, uh, I was bored or fed up. And it also helped massively with my mental health massively. So that was that that knee jerk reaction in the first four or five months. I also radically changed my diet eliminated every carb that i could um and that had quite a drastic effect on my hba1c that dropped it to uh, down to 32 within the first four months um, but remember at that time i was also on metformin metformin so but but that wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. i lost about 28 pounds as well during that uh, um, time scale. Um, as time has gone on, I've I've definitely kept up the exercise, and I've I've added extra things to help me stay motivated by participating in in uh, virtual events. There are lots of those around where you can walk and uh, raise money for charity, or you can walk. Um, as a team and um, I cover long distances. Some friends and I, um, from last November to March this year, we, uh, between us, covered the distance of Route 66 to keep us active over over the UK's winter period. Um, so there are lots of things like that you can do. And, and my diet I've adjusted where I'm not, I'm not restricting any food types at the moment. I'm, I'm trying to have a very um, consistent and balanced approach and trying to manage that on a, on a, on a weekly basis rather than a daily basis. So I'm, I'm trying not to micromanage everything that goes in my mouth. Um, because that can be um, quite destructive, actually. And the more you restrict a certain food type, the more you want to eat it. So I'm just trying to balance um, at that side of it. For instance, if um, I fancy something sweet to eat, rather than having it in the house, we will go out and say have a have a cup of coffee and a piece of cake rather than having a whole cake in the house. So it's, um, and maybe do that once a week, once a fortnight. Um, But whatever works for you, really, you have to find out what works for you. There's nothing worse lying in bed at night when you're really, really hungry. Because when you're really, really hungry at night, what happens is you creep downstairs and you overeat. So I've really almost eliminated those 
midnight hunger attacks and that's helped massively that was i think that was probably probably my biggest weakness was not being able to sleep for whatever reason mainly stress related i think and coming back to mental health and then going back downstairs when everyone had gone to sleep and and using food as for to help me calm down so i could go to sleep and that cycle went on for a few years yeah it's actually something that a lot of people do struggle with the cravings and the midnight snack type thing where you they can't sleep and they'll find something to comfort their their stomach and then it kind of sometimes turns into a monster and if you do it often enough it becomes a habit and once it becomes a habit it's really hard to break because it's a lot easier for you to start a new habit than it is for you to break something that you don't want to continue doing so definitely absolutely major congratulation for you to be able to do that and i know because of the american diet culture it's even more prevalent here that the cravings and the cycle of eating and habit even more here it's hard for everybody to cope with that and sometimes it's even hard for them to accept that's what it is and the first step to trying to change it to realizing that it's something you want to change and and then taking action to actually making that change so that's really really um major congrats on your part and let's talk a little bit about so now that you've basically you know went to the other side really of of the condition you are able to live your life without any limitation and enjoy everything um in moderation and also bring down your a1c what is the one thing that you wish you had known earlier in your journey that might have helped you get to your goal sooner Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think, I think I would answer that by saying that that I'd, I'd wish I'd known what I was doing to myself earlier. Um, um, and I wish I understood more about all of the factors that were were affecting me that were leading me down the the type two hole, like understanding my mental health better, understanding the impact of the of the relative lack of exercise, un understanding the 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 aging process. I'm I'm 54 years old now. I'm you know I'm not a young man. Losing weight gets much much harder as you get older. Um, so, and I think just finding finding time for yourself, which is which can be difficult if you've got a um, a young family and a busy job. Finding time for yourself, I wish I'd understood that and the impact of not finding time. 
Yeah, self-investment and awareness is something a lot of people don't have time for. They don't even think about themselves a lot of the time. They just, you know, go, 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 because that's how society is nowadays. And you kind of just yeah. do one thing after another, and then you wake up and you do the same thing, and then you don't have time to think about yourself at all. So that's one of the things I also encourage and talk about on my platform. So I'm really glad you brought that up because investing in yourself and doing things for yourself is not selfish because if you're not healthy, if you're not capable to take care of everybody else to do work, then nothing else really will happen if you're not able to do that. So finding time for yourself is going to be something you should work on and you should be proud of yourself for taking the time and reflecting and really take care of your health. So last question for you. Absolutely. Yeah. What is your plan of continuing with your success in your journey? What's, what's next for you? Yeah, so um, I break that down into two things, really. One is um, I will um, continue to um, promote um, a healthy and positive attitude towards type two on my Instagram feed. Um, I'm, I'm really keen to um, share my journey. And the good bits and the bad bits and and help other people and i find by doing that 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 helps me and to maintain my my enthusiasm for exercise by i'm continuing to challenge myself for example i've entered the virtual london marathon this year which is on october the third so i'm currently in training for that i did it as well last year so i'm just hoping to beat my time from last year so and just having these these things in your diary planned ahead that you've committed to and one of the things i find about my instagram feed is i find it helps me to to publicize what i've i've committed to because that then motivates me more to complete it and then and then share the story afterwards rather than just keeping it in my own head i find sharing what i'm doing helps me helps me become more more focused towards my goals yeah definitely i think you're now at like the advocacy level of change because you know when i when i was studying behavioral changes you go from thinking about doing something accepting it taking action towards it maintaining it and then the last step is to promote it so you're at the maintaining and promoting end of the ladder really so you've done it you've, you've gone through the whole um change process and i'm 
I'm so proud of your journey. I, I I hope that you are proud of your journey. And if you guys want to follow Jamie on Instagram, his handle is type two and me. It's uh, type two and then N as a Nancy me. So if you want to follow him there, definitely check out his account. It's full of good stuff. Like he said, he does share all the goods and the bad. And you can also feel like you are learning from someone who's going through the same journey as you and, you know, connect with us online and really share your journey with us because sharing is really how you'll also tracking your pro your progress and learning and inspiring each other. So thank you so much, Jamie, for joining me today. And I wish you all the best in your journey. Thank you for asking me to participate. I've really enjoyed it. Well, that's all for today's episode of Thrive with Type 2 Diabetes. I hope you really enjoyed this episode and you found it super helpful. And if you really resonate with everything that I talked about today and you feel like you want to learn more, you want to learn how to truly create changes for your health that will ensure that you will be able to effortlessly find freedom from your condition, find freedom from dieting, find freedom from overdoing it at the gym every day, and find freedom from all those medications that you are currently on. So you can stop worrying about your future all the time, right? So you can stop worrying about your blood sugar and what kind of food will affect it, how it will raise it. And you want to start living your life again and start enjoying what you were brought to do on what you were brought on this earth to do, whether it is to teach young children or to be an artist, or to travel, or to run a business, whatever it is that you want to do instead of constantly live in fear and feel stuck on your type two journey, then I really, really invite you to connect with me. I want to get to know you better. I want to show you how we can make all of this happen for you. And we'll actually be able to chat for a whole 45 minutes where we'll hash out a strategic plan to help you achieve your A1C goal and to help you see that achieving that goal isn't all that scary anymore. But I only want you to reach out if you feel like you are 100% committed to your health, that you are actually ready to take massive action, and you want to invest in yourself, okay? Because we can both talk and talk until we're blue in the face, but if you're not willing to invest in yourself and you're not willing to invest in your health, then nothing we can say will really change much, right? So if you think that is you, 
and you're ready to see where your powerful self can really take you, then all you gotta do is go to drpromletwellnesscorner.com slash apply and you can book a free discovery session with me. I am so committed to you and your health and I will work with you until you are successful. And during this session, we will evaluate where your strengths are and what you are currently doing that is working for you. And then we'll also take a look at what you can improve upon as well as map out a plan so you know how to get there. And then after the session, if we find that we are a good fit for one another, I'll actually offer you a spot in my Thrive with Type 2 Diabetes community where we will work with you further on how to create a more sustainable and less restrictive way so you can continue to live your busy life and do what you want to do without having to think about your blood sugar all the time. And also, make sure that you fill out the short little survey that is attached to the application before our session because I want to have a little bit of background on you so I can better plan for our session to make sure that you get the most out of it, right? And I want you to really spend some time to really answer those questions because the more details you can give me, the more your session will be a better use of your time, a better use of both of our times, right? So I really do hope that if this is you and this you feel like you are ready to commit and ready to take action for your health, then I really hope that I will be able to speak with you soon and will figure out ways so you can reach your goals effortlessly, right? And until then, I hope you have a great day. And remember to stay strong because you got this.